0: Sue Meyer.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today we're talking about a really big subject, actually. It's part of our first aid in homeopathy series. And the other day, my daughter asked me about someone she knows who's been rushed into the hospital several times with heart palpitations and i said well (laughs) ask her what's going on in her life when this happens they never they never find anything by the time she gets to the hospital she's fine and yet this is a very great concern so i thought well let's just talk about it because i will tell you that knowledge is power and when you don't know what's going on the fear can be very extreme in our lives so I can honestly tell you, I do not know a lot about the heart. <laughs> I know a lot about rheumatic fever, um, things like that. But as far as just what's going on with the heart, honestly, like I said, I am not a medical physician. I'm not a cardiologist. I, I know very little about the heart other than just the very basics. So what I did, I thought, let's okay, if we're gonna take the fear out of this situation for people, let's first of all go through and let's name medically some of the situations that can cause irregular heart issues. So with that, <clears throat> we're going to take a couple, We're gonna, uh, this will actually be a two-part podcast, simply because I want you to be able to absorb the information, and I don't want it to be too overwhelming. Obviously, if you're a member, and in our member's corner, this entire 10 pages of notes <laughs> will be in the member's corner um, as a printable to go with the podcast. But if you're not a member... I hope that this still is very helpful to you, because like I said, if we can take the fear out of a situation to help us think rationally, then so be it, right? Thank you, Lord. It's just like when I did my Boy Scout training. And um, of course, as a nurse's aide, first of all, you take basic first aid. And then as my son got older, I was helping with the Boy Scouts. And so I learned a lot of basic first aid training. And you know what? i'm so thankful for that very very basic training because when a situation arises i can take a step back assess what's going on okay how bad is the hemorrhaging how bad is the situation and you know you can rationally think about what needs to be done next obviously if it's a broken bone you're going to secure the area so that it doesn't become worse if it's a head injury any kind of situation, hemorrhage, whatever it is, you take a step back, you you do what you can on site, and then you either call an ambulance or you transport or you get the child home or whatever's going on, and you give the appropriate treatment or take them to the hospital. You know, like I said, because there are certain situations, obviously we take them to the hospital. And it's the same with this heart situation. If you have someone that's having irregular heartbeat or pain, Or faintness or dyspnea in other words they can't breathe what are we gonna do right yes you're gonna go and route to the hospital to to someone who can help with the situation but you can grab that homeopathic remedy that's most like their symptoms and who knows by the time you get to the hospital the symptoms can be completely gone sure run them through the tests if that's gonna make you feel better but I will tell you a lot of times they don't find anything and that's, that's the disconcerting thing. They'll, th- they'll say, oh my gosh, am I going crazy? I had so much pain. It doesn't matter. Remember in homeopathy, we treat the symptoms. And there are so many different things that can bring on symptoms. And that's what we're looking at here today is a lot of the things that bring on these symptoms because we're human and everything affects us. And that's what I keep telling my children. I says, you have to remember that every trauma, every, everything that we experience affects us. And if we are able to express what's going on within our bodies, if we express it verbally, sometimes even with just laughter or uh, to yell, (laughs) to slam a door, that's my big thing. Whatever it is, if we can express that, like I said, on the spot, get rid of that anxiety, great. It's probably gone. If not, guess what? We suppress it. And we can only suppress so much before it's going to squeak out in the form of some other symptom. So, with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start talking about our heart situations. Now, remember, anything to do with an internal organ, we can't see it, all right? It displays symptoms, just like the other day we were talking about we had a <laughs> an acute case on our members' corner and we do these live acute cases, and so someone had pain in the right shoulder. And I said very often that right shoulder pain is radiating from the, the liver. And a lot of times that left shoulder pain or left arm pain, guess, well, everybody knows that that could be a reflection of the heart, correct? But it doesn't always mean that, but we're looking at the symptoms, right? So if someone is having organ pain that we can't see, we can't assess properly because, you know, like we don't have proper medical training or whatever, we can still treat the symptoms and then go to wherever we need to go to get properly assessed. So with that, (laughs) okay, so the first aid for heart situations, and like I said, we're gonna go through a lot of different remedies. There's many, many remedies here. In fact, is I didn't count them, but we're gonna go through many, many remedies. But before we do that, we're going to actually talk about what is the medical term for what someone could be experiencing? And the only reason I think this is important is so that when we go through the, the homeopathic remedies and it'll say angina pectoris, we need to know what is that, okay? I don't even know what that means because what I did is I just actually, I gave you the references of the books that I was using. I actually, my first aid with homeopathy with Dr. Manuel Meto, ratera and then i I did take the clinicals from the Nature's Materia Medica and I have a medical website that I pulled a lot of the definitions from. So with that, we can use all of these different means to assess a situation. And you know what? It's kind of funny because after going through this, you're going to go, oh, you know, that's yeah, that's a scary situation. But at the same time, you're going to feel empowered. All right. Okay. So when we're talking about actual heart failure um you know people say oh she had heart failure and that, well okay she didn't die oh she had heart failure she didn't die what's going on here okay so heart failure is just a clinical syndrome in other words what do we call a syndrome a syndrome is something that in the medical field they don't know what causes it so anything named syndrome is they don't know what causes it so heart failure is a clinical syndrome characterized by constellation of symptoms and those symptoms can include dyspnea difficulty breathing the lower limbs can swell they can have elevated jugular venous pressure pulmonary congestion pulmonary can anything pulmonary has to do with the lungs the fluid around the lungs symptoms may include shortness of breath like i said sharp chest pain difficult breathing a cough i remember you know like um, i remember living on the farm we had a dog that had what would they call it the, the heart cough and he, he ended up having a heartworm. You know, if we would have known that, we could have, you know, homeopathically. Of course, we didn't use homeopathy back then. But we could have given him, you know, the parasite protocol or, you know, the deworm kit from, for dogs and animals. <laughs> Anyway, nasal congestion and fever. You can actually develop a fever depending on, you know, if there's some sort of pulmonary congestion or something, you can actually there can actually be inflammation as well. The fever or any of the other symptoms can be caused by a structural and or a functional cardiac abnormality resulting in reduced cardiac output and or elevated intracardiac pressures. So, heart failure is a basic generic term for any of these situations. And so, in other words, the heart just isn't working like it's supposed to, so they call that a failure. All of these symptoms are very, very scary, and how do we know what to do homeopathically, right? All right, so let's just define some of these situations a little in a little more detail. So we have precordial, and this was an interesting I thought this was an interesting term because it's called precordial catch syndrome. Again, they don't know what causes it. Stress is commonly a factor here, but this syndrome is generally caused by pinching a certain nerve in the intercostals or the muscles area, and it'll cause spasm and pain. Angina pectoris, this is probably the most common word that you're going to hear in all of our discussion of these homeopathic remedies. It's a medical term for chest pain or discomfort due to coronary heart disease. It occurs when the heart muscle doesn't get as much blood as it needs. This usually happens because one or more of the heart's arteries is narrowed or blocked. Severe proximal pain in the chest associated with an insufficient supply of blood to the heart. So persons who may have a small coronary or the coronary's been blocked by buildup, if they've been working really hard for the day or they've been working out, running, those types of activities can actually cause, come the end of the day, can cause them to have this typical angina pectoris. Heart palpitations, and this is probably the single most common of all the heart situations. And today, I've heard more people talk and complain about having heart palpitations in the last year and a half than in my first 58 years of life. Heart palpitations may be a sign or a symptom of arrhythmia or irregular heartbeat or other heart conditions such as a heart attack, heart failure, heart valve disease or cardiomyopathy. Although palpitations are very common and usually harmless, they can be frightening when they happen and may cause anxiety for the person. They can also cause a lot of anxiety for the person's loved ones because when we're with someone who is having pain oh my goodness, it causes us tremendous anxiety as well. We want to be able to help them. We don't know how. Okay, we have cyanosis. And cyanosis is often associated with heart conditions or persons with heart disease. And so I just wanted to throw it in here because cyanosis is, it's a very, it's an indicator that their oxygen levels are too low often, children or old people will have bluish lips or a hue around their mouth that may be indicating that they're not getting enough oxygen. So, and even their fingernails, the gums of their, their, their mouth or the mucous membranes can have that bluish hue. And again, we're going to talk about homeopathic remedies for that, but that again, that cyanosis can be a symptom of something going on. Pericarditis is swelling and irritation of the thin, sac-like tissue surrounding the heart. So, around the pericardium. Pericarditis often causes sharp chest pain and sometimes other symptoms. The chest pain occurs when the irritated layers of the pericardium rub against each other. Pericarditis is usually mild and goes away without any treatment. In homeopathy, we do give homeopathic remedies, though. Um, Some of them are very, very helpful. Acute myocardial infarction, in other words, heart attack, resulting from acute obstruction of a coronary artery. Ventricular tachycardia is a rapid heartbeat that originates in one of the lower chambers, the ventricles of the heart. To be classified as tachycardia, the heart rate is usually at least 100 beats per minute. Description, a rapid heart rate can originate in either the left or the right ventricle. Myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle, myocardium. The inflammation can reduce your heart's ability to pump and cause rapid or abnormal heart rhythms. In other words, arrhythmias. Infection with a virus usually causes myocarditis. Sometimes myocarditis can result from a reaction to a drug or be part of a more general inflammatory condition. And again, this is a very scary situation for persons. Valvular heart disease is when any valve in the heart has been damaged or is diseased. There are several causes of valve disease. The normal heart has four chambers, right and left atria, and right and left ventricles. Aphonia. Aphonia is the loss of your voice resulting from disease. And very often, heart disease patients can hardly speak because they just there's no power behind their voice. Tachycardia can be part of the body's normal response to anxiety, fever, rapid blood loss, or strenuous exercise. It can also be caused by a medical problem, such as an abnormally high level of thyroid hormone, or also known as hyperthyroidism. <laughs> In some people, tachycardia is a result of a, of a cardiac arrhythmia. Ventricular tachycardia Is a type of abnormal heart rhythm or arrhythmia it occurs when the lower chamber of the heart beats too fast to pump properly and the body doesn't receive enough oxygenated blood so you can see you know like you go in you get diagnosed or a doctor suspects something you're gonna have notes here you're gonna be able to say oh you know what okay this is what's going on possibly I'm gonna use this remedy and see if that helps It's pretty simple and we're going to talk about potencies as well too because when we talk about the homeopathic remedies it's like okay if I have these homeopathic remedies on hand in these potencies how do I use them and like I said the nice part about it is we're treating the symptoms and symptoms a heart patient has very specific symptoms they're not going to be random they're not going to say oh I don't know this it was like this, but now it's like this. It's going to be an acute situation. You're going to want to grab that remedy. You're going to just want to be able to give that remedy to that person who is having these symptoms. And if they go away, yay, right? But we still, I, I like I said, if if you have someone who has heart symptoms, you make sure you get them in for tests following any acute situation, because if there is something structural, you I know, mean, a lot of times. You know, the heart feels all of our emotion. So a lot of times, if we've been under tremendous emotional stress, it's where it's going it's to land in our heart and we're going to have symptoms. But regardless, we can't see in there. So you're going to want to follow up with tests so that you know if it's functional or if it, it is emotional or psychological that has brought on these tremendous symptoms. Regardless. It's, um, you're going to feel, like I said, you're going to feel empowered here. All right. Um, here we go. Rheumatic heart. <laughs> okay. Rheumatic heart disease. And this, I'm not, I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm, this is the only one I knew about, right? <laughs> rheumatic heart disease is a direct result of rheumatic fever. This is what so many parents freak out about with their children when they run high fevers. Oh, you know, if it's strep uh, or strap or staph, you know, it could land in the heart and, so on and so forth, and, and absolutely, that's absolutely true. It really, really, truly is. But I'll tell you what, with homeopathy and a little bit of knowledge, we can avoid these situations. So a rheumatic heart disease is the direct result of rheumatic fever, an inflammatory disease caused by infection with group A streptococcus bacteria, which are responsible for illness such as strep throat and scarlet fever rheumatic fever affects connective tissue throughout the body, particularly in the heart, in joints, in the skin, and in the brain. It affects everything. So, you know, when we're doing hereditary disposition and we're doing vaccine injury cleanup and all of these things, it, we're looking at the whole person, and we know when they use antibiotics all the time, that didn't... It might have taken care of an acute situation of like say strep throat or cellulitis or something like that but it didn't it didn't take care of this the problem do you see what I'm saying so these were always very often recurring illnesses for for children and not to mention the fact that it destroys gut flora and everything else so and with using homeopathy we're so lucky so blessed to have these homeopathic remedies that will help our bodies get over these situations naturally. And like I said, in our members' corner, we talk about this quite a bit. Uh, In the world's disease training, we talk about this as well. So it's, we're very blessed, we're very lucky. And you know what, I, I just really can't help but think that homeopathy is going to make a resurgence in this country that will enable families to take care of themselves naturally so that there is no long-term lingering effects of these illnesses and diseases. And you know, the thing is everybody freaks out when they hear the word streptococcus or staphylococcus. You have to understand that every single human body has this bacteria naturally present, okay? It's just when they become imbalanced that there's a problem. So it's, we have to work with what's within us and I can't stress enough that we are what our guts are. And when we're eating poor foods that destroy our digestive system, guess what's going to be dominant in our digestive system? The bad bacteria. We have to feed and nourish the good bacteria so that it, that's dominant. That way our immune system will be strong. We can't have a strong immune system if our gut flora is garbage. It has to be good gut flora. And we have the only way we can get that is by eating healthy food exercising I'm not kidding you everybody laughs at you and I say you have to exercise to sweat 20 minutes a day at least five times a week and when I say exercise to sweat it takes a little bit to build up to that sweat and then you have to maintain that and how many of us are farmers anymore Mm, not very many a farmer goes out every morning usually at noon again in the evening he's working hard he's sweating several times a day throwing bales pitching hay feed and silage, whatever he's doing. Uh, but most of us are sitting behind a desk nowadays. Yes, we, oh, yay, we take the sk- stairs three times a day or we walk to the store or we do this or that. You have to get your body up to a sweat. That's the only way that your body can effectively excrete many, many, many of the toxins that it's taking in. And I'm, And even if you're eating clean, you're still taking in environmental toxins. You're sitting in areas where there's fumes or you drink or exposed to plastic or whatever we have to be strong we have to understand that yes sometimes it's a sacrifice to make sure we're exercising and doing these things to keep our bodies strong but you know what our corporal bodies are designed to carry us to heaven and if they're not healthy they're not going to be able to do as efficient a job we can't help others effectively if we're ill We can't be joyful if we don't feel well and if we follow the simple rules of temperance exercise charitable works in other words when we're worrying about other people more than we are ourselves we're going to be healthier we're going to be happier all right enough of that so rheumatic heart disease it doesn't have to be a problem and parents do not freak out when your child starts to run a high fever or you suspect that that child is maybe got strep throat we have an infection protocol that works so 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 well and once we do vaccine cleanup as well everything seems to work better and i say everything seems to work better many children have been vaccinated and that's why they're susceptible to many of these diseases so anyway we talked about that in the members corner we have cute little uh helps Our regular website but a lot of this stuff we've moved into the members corner so that anyone it participates in our members corner are under the canopy of our community and they're my clients okay moving on dyspnea this is one of my favorite words because it's it describes so so many issues not just the heart but it just simply means difficulty in breathing It's often associated with longer heart disease and resulting in shortness of breath. I used to laugh because when I was expecting, that was one of my very first symptoms. Some women have morning sickness. Mine was dyspnea. As soon as I had trouble getting to and from the barn every morning, I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. (laughs) And you can blame that on the extra volume of blood. Um, Regardless, again, is that associated with the heart, the lungs? It was one of my main symptoms. Uh, Then we have mitral valve insufficiency. This is a term used when the valve between the upper left chamber of the heart, the atrium, and the lower left chamber, the ventricle, does not close well enough to prevent flow, backflow of blood when the ventricle contracts. Mitral valve insufficiency is also known as mitral valve regurgitation. And this might be what some people have, and the doctors don't really give you a lot of explanation, but they'll say, oh, she has a terrible heart murmur or just a small heart murmur. It's not a big deal. So now you'll know more what they're talking about. Then we have oracle paroxysmal arrhythmias. This is a type of abnormal heart rhythm or arrhythmia. It occurs when a short-circuit rhythm develops in the upper chamber of the heart. This results in a regular but rapid heartbeat and starts and stops abruptly. Again, a lot of people don't know that they have an arrhythmia, but if you check the, the beat, that check the pulse, you'll see that, or if you're listening, you can hear it, and it might freak you out, might freak them out, But again, like I said, it's that short-circuit rhythm. And then we have ventricular fibrillation, or V-fib. It is considered the most serious cardiac rhythm disturbance. It is a distorted electrical activity caused by the heart's lower chambers or the ventricles to quiver and fibrillate instead of contracting or beating normally. This prohibits the heart from pumping blood, causing collapse and cardiac arrest. And again, like I said, you know, we don't, we may not know the name of what is our friends or our family are experiencing, but we can get a general idea of the symptoms. And like I said, the shortness of breath, the pain, the fright, all these different things will be taken into account when we look at the homeopathic remedies. And then we have Brady dysrhythmia, which is an abnormal heart rhythm with a rate less than 60 beats per minute in an adult, and the term bradyarrhythmia is usually used instead. And then we have paroxysmal arrhythmias with violent palpitation. In other words, sudden or abrupt tachycardias, sensation of pounding in the chest or palpitation that causes irregular beating of the heart. So with that, I don't want to um, leave you guys all hanging, but at the same time, this is too much information for just one podcast. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to stop here, and when we start up again, we're going to talk about, we'll repeat the issue, like acute heart failure, and then we're going to go through the homeopathic remedies specific to that situation. And that's going to be our second podcast, and so it'll have a lot of detail, there'll be... A lot of information so you might want to sit down with a piece of paper and pencil or apply to be a member in our members corner so that you have you can just do the printable <laughs> okay I do want to tell you real quick before we leave that one of the things about homeopathic remedies is if um, you, you have someone you suspect has heart issues and you can look up in your you can look up in your uh, repertory the symptoms of you know acute tachycardia or pain in the left arm or whatever, so that you can come up with the best remedies. Like I said, I've listed them here from the first aid with homeopathy. And I just wanna say that what kind of a potency, people say, well, and you have to remember that in homeopathy, there are no set rules for dosing or potency. There really isn't. In an acute situation, you always give whatever homeopathic remedy you have on hand, in whatever potency. But if you're trying to put together remedies that you know that you could possibly need in the future you're gonna want for heart patients you're gonna want a 15 C to a 30 C and when I say that um, in other words we're staying below the higher potency we're staying in the lower potencies but we're still in the C potencies here so you're gonna want to be giving a 15 to a 30 C potency you're gonna repeat the dose in other words, you're going to give a homeopathic remedy, and then you're going to give it again in 5 to 10 minutes, depending on how your patient is doing. So you're going to do that for the first two hours, and hopefully your patient starts to do better. You, you're going to want to see them think that they're feeling a little better. Oh, thank you. I think that's helping, you know. But as soon as they start to look stressed again, you're going to redose them. After that first two hours, then you're going to reduce the frequency of how many times you're given the the potency. You're going to stay with what's working, but you're going to back off. You're not going to give it so often, and you're going to hopefully by that time be able to talk to your patients a little bit. We also will talk a little bit about water dilutions because a lot of times our patients will be in so much pain that they can't talk to us or they're certainly not going to want to take a homeopathic remedy if they're in so much pain or they're screaming, because you actually have patients who might scream. Or if you do manage to get them to a hospital and you do know what's wrong with them, you can start giving them homeopathic remedies. Even if they're in a drug-induced coma, we're going to talk about how you can give those homeopathic remedies to those patients. All right. With that, I'm going to let you go, and I'll look forward to our next podcast. May God bless you and yours.